0: Welcome to Life in the Valley, the podcast of the people at Summit Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. We gather each week in the heart of St. Paul on Historic Summit Avenue, where our mission is to create rhythm, opportunity, and location where people like you can have life-changing experiences with God. Our podcast is one of those locations. As followers of Christ, we are doing our best to be on mission, disciple others, deliver hope, and champion this city. At any point in your journey with us today, if you want to take a next step or you just want to stay in the loop with everything going on at Summit, just grab your phone and simply text the phrase, BE KNOWN, all one word, BE KNOWN, to the number 651-360-2908. We will send you a short form that makes it super easy for you to complete. There's always new opportunities to mention and new ways that you can get involved. One of the rhythms that is important to following Jesus and important to us at Summit is studying Scripture. As we study the Bible, we can have one, hope, two, find guidance, three, be corrected, and four, receive truth into our lives. Listen in and lean in with us wherever you are, open up God's Word, and hear this week's message.
1: Let's open up the Word today together. Uh, I've got a special friend that's here. He's no stranger to Summit. Him and his wife have been here for a number of uh, months, uh, years really, if you really count them all. Can you put your hands together and can you show a little honor for Pastor Tory as he comes to share with us today?
2: Yeah, it's good to be here. Last time I was here, you weren't, so it's fun to be here. And uh, uh, Eric just flew in, and boy are his arms tired, from, uh, where were you? Charles, he can't even remember. He and Toby, they're just, you know, he's trying to give Toby some counsel, maybe help him write some songs. So we're glad that you're back and with us for the expedition. So when he called, he said, hey, I, I, I've got this flight. I'm, I'm going to be a little frightened. I got the expedition and other stuff going on. Can you help me? So literally, when I got here this morning, and Eric was rolling in. And your pastor works hard. And uh, he does that. And some of you are like, why is Eric hanging out? Yeah, give him some love. He does that. He travels far away from his family and, and friends and comfort of his own bed so that he can serve you guys. So that's pretty cool that that's how he is, is working a side hustle to, to make this hustle uh, his main hustle. So that's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Right? You like that? Hustle. I am uh, Tori, my wife Elizabeth, my awesome son Louis, and Olivia, my mom Vicki, my dad Sam, all right there in the second row, and uh, they are so fun to have them here. Uh, we've been pastors for 20 years. We have planted two churches here in the metro. We've worked at other churches, interns, youth testers. Eric and I actually interned in, in college together at St. Paul Park way a long time ago. He doesn't remember, but I do. And um, we were we were we were just young and dumb and trying to take the world and here we are back together again uh, and I we don't Elizabeth and I don't work here uh, we do some investing in real estate and she has a consulting company and I and her are starting a new nonprofit that's rolled out this summer so we have a few things going on in our life and so I get the opportunity every once in a while to uh, speak into. What's going on here? But we're not on staff. We just get to come and share a few thoughts with you and your team. And, and so you may see us around. Say hi. We want to get to know you better. Because how many of you have been here longer than a year? All right. How many of you have been here uh, less than, like, let's say six months? You've been here under six months. Under six months. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of you. Now, how many of you have been here like 45 years? Come on. There's a handful. All right. That's pretty cool. Let's give them some hands. Because I will tell you that this church would not exist. It would not still be here. It would not still be happening had they not put in the hard work and effort. And so we're we're grateful for those who, who we are here because of their energy and effort. So as a pastor, I, I've gotten an opportunity to see and to kind of study and to experience uh like business meetings and, and and church budgets and 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 all the details that go into the church dynamics. And I will tell you, last week was so fun. If you did not hear what was going on at Summit, please re-watch it. Talk to one of the team members. I mean, we we it was so much vision. Elizabeth and I walked out of there, and we were just like, all right, all right, all right. You know? And it was just very exciting. And so... Uh, this, this week, this Sunday, this moment, I want you, if you've got your Bibles or you've got some sort of electronic device or, or you just have it memorized, we're going to be in Matthew 14 and we're going to be in John 6. Matthew 14 and John 6. Don't worry, they're the same story, just from a little different perspective. And I'm going to just chew on this a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna look at some things. This story, when you look at it, it's weird. It's hilarious. It's it's just a strange story. But there's a couple things that if you as a church, if we as a body, if if we as just Christians in this journey of life, um, uh, helping to, to to build the big C, the big church, and the little C Summit Church, can grab a hold of. We're just gonna fit right in with God's mission and God's directive. So we're going to just jump right in. Um, but before we do that, so John 6 and Matthew 14. Some of you have noticed Grogu here. Now, who I don't know who makes the lunch for your kids in your house or who did make the lunch, but my wife and I, we we share the duty. I tend to get more of it than than her, which is not a, a comment on anything other than that's just the division of labor in the Farina household, in case you were wondering and keeping score. And so I know that my daughter's favorite lunch is in this bag. Now, she is a cold lunch kid. I don't know what you were as a kid. Maybe you can go back down memory lane and you can remember. Uh, some of you are hot lunch people. And uh, I remember I'd have the little quarter, my, my kangaroo shoes, the little pouch of my kangaroo shoes, and you have to go get the, the ticket. Uh, but then I had some cold lunches too. and 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 the cold lunch kids, they know what they're getting. Hot lunch kids, it's like, random. You just don't know if you're getting tostada in a little metal tray or you're getting like Sloppy Joe's. But Olivia, her favorite sandwich is the PBJ. It's just, and it's got to be a diagonal cut. No halvesies. diagonal. It fits better in the hand and the mouth. And that's her favorite. So she loves the PB and the J. We have a little kind bar. She doesn't always eat this at lunch, but sometimes she gets a little snackish later on. Little fruit cup. I mean, you like the fruit cup. This makes me feel like I'm giving her something healthy because it's it's fruit. We try to get the extra cherry option. And uh, and then and then it, it, I found this. My wife's been shopping. She got the Milano's high class here at the Farina House. And uh, and then then a lunch is not complete for Olivia unless it has some. Cheese it's okay. Yeah, which we found out actually has quite a bit of uh, protein in it, so that's really good. It's got more than a kind bore sometimes. So again, I'm trying to be healthy, trying to get her the, the, the protein, the the you know, the fruit and all that. But What's fun, if you remember, we we all have been, we've all gone to school, we've all had the lunch moment, and the fun thing about the lunch moment is all of us come with a different lunch, right? And then, invariably, you all sit down, you get with your crew, you get with your people, there's always some weird dude at the end that brought, like, lutefisk, and you're like, what's, what's wrong with your parents? Do we need to call Child Protective Services? And, and then invariably, it, I don't care how old you are or, or how young you are, what is the question that everybody asks? What's in your lunch? What'd you get? Well, what mom I putting there? And then I'm telling you, it's like, if I remember back to my days, everybody's looking around going, whoa, I hate tapioca pudding. Gosh mom knows better. And somebody else is like, well, I got chocolate. You want to trade? And we start trading lunch, right? So nobody eats the exact lunch that you came with. You're always trading. You're going, well, I'll trade you the kind bar for the, you know, the Twinkies, or I'll trade you the, the, the Lutifus for the, the, and nobody, everybody's like, nope, <laughs> nope, you're eating that sucker. And we begin to trade because so often what's in our lunch, we undervalue, we underappreciate, we underutilize, we think that it's less than, than what the other person is. I still live with this today. We're sitting at a table. I'm looking around. I order what I want. uh, The food comes out and all of a sudden I'm going, but why didn't I order that? Now we grew up in an Italian family. I got a lot of cousins, a lot of extended family, and so when we get together, it just you kind of eat off everybody's plate. So it works, but at lunch, you're you're stuck with either what you brought or what you can trade. And so you'll be like, "But this fruit cup has an extra cherry in it." It's real. And you're like, you're becoming an auctioneer. You're learning great skill sets. Now what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? What does that have to do with Matthew 14 and John 6? Glad you asked. Let's look at John 6. Here we have this moment... The disciples and Jesus are are walking along. If you look at a timeline, John the Baptist has just been beheaded, and Jesus is going to a solitary place. That's his cousin. He's upset. He's kind of trying to figure some stuff out. They've just healed some people already. He's done the water into wine thing. That's miracle number one. He's gone through. People have been uh, touched and healed, and and there's been uh, a lot of, of of crowds are starting to show up. People are starting to hear him, and this is very exciting. And, and so they get wind that Jesus' and disciples have crossed the Sea of Galilee. They're on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And it says he's trying to get to a quiet place. And then 5,000 people show up. I, I don't know like what kind of uh, Twitter following or Snap or whatever Insta he was doing But somebody was working it there. Because 5,000 people, he's trying to go to a quiet place, and they wind up showing up. In John 6, verse 5, it says, When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said uh, to Philip, and in Matthew 14, it's like the disciples come to him like, Hey, uh, there's some people here that probably need food. and So he looks at Philip in John 6, and he says, "Um, where, Where should we buy bread for these people to eat? Now, I don't know how you read these passages. I don't know when you crack these open, if you find this moment as interesting as I do. But let me just ask you this. Have you ever been out to dinner, like a dinner that you can't afford? And you know, because the other person that you're at to dinner with picked the place, so you show up, and you're sitting there, and you're going, you're looking at the menu going, do I pay my car bill, or do I by dinner. And so they're like, they're like, they aren't even looking at the menu. You ever remember one of these? Elizabeth and I were one of these a long time ago. We were at a Chinese restaurant with some friends and they made like substantially more money than me. And they started ordering appetizers and drinks, not water. One of them ordered a bottle of fuzzy water. That's not free. And so we're watching them order this stuff and we're going, okay, what do you do? And all of a sudden, we're, the bill comes and my wife and I are like, our mouth is really dry. And he didn't grab the bill. And so I slowly, just like time standing still, and he grabbed it from me. And he paid for it. And I imagine if your are Uh, sitting in this moment, and if you're Philip, and Jesus is looking at you going, hey, where are we going to buy bread? And Philip's going, um... In the next verse, you you see he's like, "Uh, uh, uh... It would take more than a half a year's wage to buy enough bread for each one of these to have a bite. Now, I don't know what your Chipotle order looks like. But let's say you get the chicken and it's nine bucks without guac. And you order and you get the nine buck chicken times 5,000. You're talking $45,000 worth of burritos. So you can see how a half a year's wage, like Philip is good. He would be great as a board member, Eric. Like he's got the numbers down. And Jesus is looking at this going, mm-hmm. and it says, like, Jesus asked him to test him. Like, there's this humorous smirk on Jesus' face because he knows what's going down, right? He's Jesus. But none of his disciples do. So Philip's, like, scratching his head going, I, I'm going carry the one half a year's wage. How are we going to get burritos for everybody to even have a bite? And then Andrew does this funny thing. He kind of goes like, um, well, I, I saw a kid with a lunchbox. And there's five loaves and two fish in it. Why is that relevant? But just think to yourself, you ever been in a meeting and somebody's like, hey, here's what we got to do. And, and, and any ideas, no idea is a bad idea. Yet they are. There are bad ideas. And Andrew just had one. Right? You're like, but it's going to cost $5 million to do this. Well, I think we should uh, do a bake sale. <laughs> Shut up, Andrew. And I love that it's like Andrew, Simon's brother, or Simon's cousin, or whatever his name is, Simon Peter's brother, yeah. He said, so it's like, blame it on Simon Peter, the guy who just spouts off his mouth. This guy's just like him. Here's the thing that you have to understand. Last week we talked about budgets and buildings and personnel. And a lot of you who were at that meeting, you looked at the numbers, and you started adding up, man, we spent 37% on a building. Wow, we've got this much in cash. What do you think we should do? And you start looking at it, and you're like, this church costs more than I make. This church costs more than a lot of what I make. And then, and then, and then a lot of people begin to go, well, should I, do we need that much? Pastor Eric doesn't even get paid. Do we need Eric Redquist? Oh, yeah. But that's another conversation. But I don't know. I mean, Brandon got up here and he was talking. They don't have health insurance. I don't understand this. This seems like it's too complicated and that we should do it very simply. Why can't this just be so simple? It's not meant to be. How do you feed 5,000 people on a hillside without refrigeration trucks, without any way to order dominoes, without any sort of like, there was no fundraising, no tickets were purchased. Do you know how much energy and effort goes into the Toby Mac tour? They plan like a year ahead in advance. 5,000 people. You ever done a barbecue for your neighbors? It's complicated. No, we don't want two pasta salads. But here's a boy with five loaves and two fish. That'll fix it. What? Budgets and buildings matter in relation to the people they serve. The only reason this church exists, the only reason, Lowell, you've been here for over 45 years, the only reason that you've been here less than six months is because somebody had the thought, let's organize, let's collect, let's begin to systematize because there are hungry people out there in St. Paul. The 317,000 people in a 56-square-mile radius deserve us to utilize our budgets and our buildings in an appropriate way. But well, what about the five loaves and two fish? What could we do with that? <laughs> you know, it's interesting because so many times God gives us something, we have something, we have the gift to make money. We have a, an inheritance that comes in. We have a stock portfolio. We have gifts and talents and abilities to administer. And we, we have something. We can sing. We can take photos. We, we have gifts and talents. But we look at our small. And it says it was just small, just small barley loaves, just kind of stale and two fish unrefrigerated. But that's another sermon, uh, another time. And two fish. And, 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 but what is that going to do? Have you ever asked yourself, but when I look at the numbers, what is that going to do? When they ask me to give every week, what what could my little do in comparison to all this? Here's what happens. We're going to shift to Matthew 14 because there's more details and it's more fun. Not that John 6 isn't fun, but Matthew 14 gets fun. Bring them to me, Jesus says. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven. He gives thanks. It wasn't like, come Lord Jesus, be our guest, because he was Jesus. So they wouldn't have said that. You know, it was like, I don't know what he said. He's like, all right, Father, bless these things. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looks up to heaven, gives thanks, and then breaks it, and then gives it to his disciples, and they all ate really good. No. Think about this little boy. Here he is, his mom packed him his lunch, sent him off. It's probably his favorite barley. Mhm. Mm. Little fishies. Ah. It's good stuff. And Jesus is standing up there. He's just heard him teach all day. And Andrew's looking at him going like, "Give me that lunch, boy." I don't think it was compulsory. I don't get the vibe that the boy was strong-armed in this. Jesus said, would you bring the lunch? Here, Jesus, take my little. I don't know what you're going to do. Maybe I get the picture that Jesus might have been hungry and that this boy thought, well, if Jesus wants to eat my lunch, I'll let Jesus eat my lunch. I bet everybody in this room, if Jesus said, hey, could I have your Cheez-Its? You'd be like, here, Jesus, eat my Cheez-Its. That was funny because it rhymes, yes. You can laugh. But then why so often when the church, which is the bride of Christ, set up by Jesus, that was enacted to be the vehicle that would equip and train and send and and bring hope to the world that they're in, why then when people start talking about money and tithing and all this other stuff are people like, oh, that makes me uncomfortable. Nope, 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 nope. All churches want is my money. No, we want your Cheez-Its. We want your gifts. We want your talents. Actually, churches don't need anything. You know, this church doesn't need your money, doesn't need your gifts. It doesn't need your talents. But the city does. I mean, right? Like, if you think about it, this community is desperate for somebody to say, I've got a little something. Uh, this church, I feel connected. Everybody, and, and, and I've started churches from scratch, so I've never had somebody with me 45 years. That's a long time or more. That's more, low, but I'm being generous. You, you're like 50, and you look good, and I know you're not, but I'm being nice. But everybody's looking to say, does this fit me? And so if you're here less than six months, it takes about 18 months for somebody to say, yeah, I'm clicked in, I'm in, this is my church. And some of you, you've got to look around and you've got to see, do I fit here? Do I trust this pastor? Do I trust this team? Do I trust that they will take my gifts and utilize it? And here's what I'll say. Every church, especially so, I can't speak for others, but some of here, they are as trustworthy as you are. Because are they gonna do everything right and in the right order? No. This staff is really green. But that's not a problem in God's kingdom. As a matter of fact, that's how God likes them. Train them up. But pastors never, Eric's never pastor before. Yeah. It's everybody's first time. Sometime. So there's grace. There's, there's, okay, well, they put a dance studio. I don't know if I like that. It was, there was a lot of people coming in this church last Wednesday night. I think we like that. And, and, and what about Alpha? There's people, they're, they're just going to ask questions, and we're not going to just tell them what to think? No. No, we're not. And you know what? People are going to get saved. And every month, Pastor lays out this cow trough. And we dunk people in water because that's what Jesus said to do, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we take communion every week. And so if you're wondering, can I trust this place? Don't wait 18 months. Either say yes or no. And if it's no, then talk to me and Eric. We've got like a dozen other churches we could send you to that would love to have your Cheez-Its. And by Cheez-Its, I mean metaphor for Money and time and talent. And some of you have a bigger lunchbox than others. And some of you, you're like, I don't even have a lunchbox. What are you talking about? I want that one. And if you do, it's yours. So this boy at any point could have been like, sorry, suckers. Mama packed it. I'm eating it. But he didn't. And Jesus blesses it. Whatever prayer he prayed, we don't know. But he blesses it. And then he hands it out to his disciples. Now, what's your name, bro? Chris, you were just waiting for me. You're holding your Bible. You're itchy. You, you just seemed like a guy who wanted to be a part of the sermon. Does that feel good? Now, Chris, according to this package, this has one pouch, 42 grams, 210 calories. Um, I don't know how many are in here. But how, how would you, if I were, let's say, let's pretend I'm not Jesus by any means. I don't have the beard for it. Let's pretend I gave these to you and said, you have to get every one of these people filled with food. But I'm Jesus. And I'm telling you, go, go give everybody food. Let me tell you something, man. The miracle wasn't in the blessing. The miracle wasn't in the blessing. Right? Okay. Everybody gets a cheese. You have to divide these 40 cheese its between all these people. How do you do it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, well, you gave me your lunch, so here's a half a. Here's a little barley. Here's a little chunk of of, of, of fish because I know mama likes the fish. Okay, there you go, little boy. Uh, Peter, no, you get nothing, Andrew's saying. We got to feed out these people. Okay, here you go. That's yours. You can have it. I thought you were going to... There you go. All right. I'm telling you, the faith... And the audacity, I'm sure that, 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 that Peter's the first one to start. And he's like, okay. Uh, and, and Judas is in the back going, what is going on? Jeez, the money and the thing. And they start breaking it apart. And they start handing out little pieces. And then guess what? They go back for more. And there's more. And it begins to multiply. And this small little gift, the small little five loaves and two breads begins to turn into more. And more. Now, where's my sister you, who does the the feeding? You you feed people, right? Like you go around the city and you feed people. If five thousand people showed up the next time you were doing your feeding, what would you do? Yeah, but I'm saying like legit, you only have hundred sandwiches. What are you gonna do? You're gonna call Eric. <laughs> <laughs> They start handing out, they start handing out and the miracle begins to happen and all of a sudden they look up and there's 5,000 men. There's 12 of us, five loaves, two fish spread out between the two, carry the one. They're trying to figure out like how long will this take with the 12 of us? You see, not only was the miracle in those who began to have the faith to give, but then they had to find more people to begin to give this miracle out. We read more. We read further. We read 12 dudes with a couple of chunks of bread. It's not going to go very far. It's impossible. But we read more where they, they go and it says they all ate, were satisfied. The disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. That's because they were like chintzy. And the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. Wait a minute. This is the first time we hear about the kids and the, they were just going to feed the dudes. There are estimates that this is fifteen to 20,000 people. How many were at your concert last night? 3,000. Okay. It's not very big. But you've spoken to 20,000. Think about the cleanup. Of twenty thousand people today at the dome, or not the dome? We don't have that anymore. We got rid of that sucker. Deflated at the pirate ship. Today there's going to be thousands and thousands of people. You ever looked around after one of those events? It's nasty, but it says they cleaned up, even the crumbs. There's a cleanup crew part of this miracle. How many of you? have always wanted to be a part of a miracle. Yeah. All of us. And sometimes we get this idea that miracles and miracle work, and we sing the song, miracle worker, and we're like, I want to be like that. Sometimes we get confused and we think they're like X-Men, like, boop, boop, <laughs> boop, boop, miracle to you, boo. back row, <sighs> miracle. Listen, the Lord takes the little we have to offer and he blesses it. And in the hands of willing, faith-filled participants, he multiplies it. You want to be a part of a miracle? Then get a part of a local church. Give the gift that God has given you to give because he can't bless what's not given. Just think about this. If you're hoarding something, it's mine. How can the Lord bless it so it can multiply? But are you telling me to give? What? Where do you tell me to give? I don't know. That's between you and the Lord. I'm not telling you to give anything other than what the Lord has given you and blessed you with. And if you want to be a part of the miracle, you say, okay, I will trust you with this. And watch. And Lord, I was thinking as I was sitting here worship, how many times have you opened your lunchbox for this church? Nobody knows. And how many countless people have met Jesus because of the blessing of it? Someday, when you and I meet glory, glory, Jesus is standing there. I can't, I'm can't. i going to be watching all the people that come up to you and go, thank you for the Sunday school you taught, for the money you gave, for the just time you spent in that building, because I'm here because of you. You're a miracle worker. You're part of what's happening here. And so we hear about the budgets, and we hear about the buildings, and we hear about all that stuff. When God blesses, it gets complicated. That's like the Excel Energy Center. When God blesses something, it gets complicated. I've heard Eric, Pastor Eric, talk about wanting to bring hope to the city. 317,056 square miles. One of the worst school systems in the state. I'm not making those numbers. I'm not, like, it's not my opinion. It's like ratings. Uh, we got a big job ahead of us. The income rate of St. Paul the, the, is, is substantially less than the income rate of all of Minnesota. But five loaves and two fish fed 15,000 people with 12 baskets full which you can probably do a message on the 12 disciples or the 12 tribes of Israel. The fact that this was a, a duplicate miracle of Moses raining manna from heaven, you can probably do something with that. Like, that's really cool because it's like the people were looking for the Messiah to come and here Jesus does a miracle that duplicates this manna in heaven miracle that Moses did. I mean, they were looking for that. They were excited for that. They were part of that. But Jesus didn't do it. He could have. He could have just been like, here, from heaven, cheese, it's for you, and cheese, it's for you. I'll get those later. But instead, instead, he said, I blessed it. Now, now, you do something with it. Instead, he said, hey, there's 40 people in this church. Um, would you like to come and pastor this and, like, I know you're used to preaching to 3,000 people like on a low night, but, you know, it's it's 40 people. And God breaks you in your car. And your family decides to say, will we? And you open your lunchbox every time you travel. But here's the thing. I've done this a long time. I've been a pastor for a long time. I don't know if I'm going to be in the video. It doesn't matter because we're just going to talk. A lot of times, you ever go to a nice hotel and they have a really cool maid that like puts a little something on your pillow. And you're like at the hotel, you're like, why would I make my bed at a hotel? Now, my dad makes his bed at the hotel, but he's weird. But the rest of us, we're like, there's a maid. I don't have to make my bed at a hotel. Towels. Well, am I going to use my towel a second time? I know dolphins are dying, but I want a new towel. We throw things in the trash. Oh, it almost got in the trash, but you know what? I will pick it up because there's a maid coming tomorrow. I'm not trying to be mean here, but I'm just going to say, sometimes pastors and people in churches can look at their pastors in that mentality. Well, they're going to do the work. That's what they get paid for. Well, the building will get cleaned. That's what we pay them for. Well, I mean, it's organizing and Alpha and this and that. And why do I need to show up? That's what their job is. Their job is to reach the city. I'm just here to hang out. This is like my one day a week. Give me a break. What if... What if the blessing was here and all it took was one of you to say, you know what? It's not Pastor's job to do, it's my job. This entire purpose of these budgets and buildings is to equip and descend. Otherwise, let's just go like buy a cruise ship. It'd be more fun. It's a lot of work. It's complicated to be a part of a miracle. It's complicated to feed people the bread of life. It's complicated. It's expensive. It's more than we have to give or do. But you want to live a meaningful life? You want to do something great with your life? Then be a part of the miracle that God's already doing. Eric doesn't have enough paint to reach the city. Look at carpal tunnel. How are we going to deliver hope to 317,000 people? You got enough cheeses for that? Yeah, we do. You know what we don't have? Enough hands. Brandon, we don't have enough people, do we? Your operations, bro! Brandon should never have to clean another toilet. Not that Brandon wouldn't be willing. Not that Brandon hasn't. Not that Brandon isn't probably the best toilet cleaner in this room. (laughs) But we equip. We send. We give people ability to exercise their resources, to exercise their gifts, to exercise their talents, and we let God bless it, and we see what happens, and miracles ensue. So... Every baptism, you get the assist. You're like the Dennis Rodman without the piercings and the weird relationships of the church. You get the assist. Every discipled person. Eric gets like half credit, but you get way more than he does. Every marriage restored. You don't even know. but You're still getting credit every suicide averted, every person fed and clothed. Like that's straight out of Scripture, like feed the, feed the hungry and clothe the sick. Every widow, an orphan, missionaries that are doing their work because we brought our little and God blessed it. And the exponential multiplication of that miracle in your hands every week, every time you give, every time you serve, every time you pray. God does not need our good works, good old Martin Luther said, but our neighbor does. God, you get to heaven because Jesus is on the cross. So it's not by how much you do that you get to heaven. That's not what we're talking about. we move beyond that. Now we're saying, will your neighbor come to heaven because of your works? I love Martin Luther King Jr. I actually stumbled on this one because I was looking for a Martin Luther quote, but Jr. works. They were like a long ways apart. And... Anyways. Eric can explain that to you later. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love to serve. Which, by the way, I was not trying to imitate that voice. Nobody can. He's amazing. But his words ring true. So let me wrap this up. Time's over. We still got time to make it to the stadium, Louis. Here's how this works. You ready? Lean in. This is not a manipulate. Uh, I was asked, "Do you want me to come to the piano?" No. This is hardcore. This is real deal, Hollyfield. This is simple. Ready? Choose Summit. Make the choice in your heart. this is the place you're going to be planted. Well Pastor Eric asked, Elizabeth and I, what are you doing with your life right now?" And we're like, "Well, we just left our church. We're not sure, and we're trying this church. We're trying that church. We're kind of shopping around. We've seen a bunch of stuff. We think we know where we're going. And he said, "Would you consider summit?" I walked out of that room and I went, "Crap!" <laughs> I think the Lord's calling us to summit. And I will tell you, last weekend, I got the picture. Why? If you don't like this place, fine. We're not offended. If you don't trust this place, fine. Don't make a big deal. Don't do like the Facebook. I'm out. Eric and I can help you find a place. We just want you planted. Big is bigger than little c. We pray for a church every week at this church because we believe that we're not the sole provider of the manna of bread of life. We're just one of many because that's what Jesus wanted. We're just filling out his thing. So choose, summit, but if not, somewhere. Assess. What do you got? What do you got in there? You got a power bar? What do you got? Maybe you just cashed in. Maybe you just sold a house. Maybe you just got an inheritance. Maybe you've not been tithing. Maybe you don't believe in tithing. Try it. You like it. Maybe, 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 maybe there's something in your lunch that someone has been praying for that we don't even know about. What is it? Assess. Now. We're going to make it, this is where the rubber meets the road. You ready? Everybody get your phone out. Bam. Get your phone out. If this is your church, come on, Brandon. Somebody's going to be calling. It's probably Brandon. It shouldn't be Eric. Uh, maybe, Maybe the other Eric. Christian. With an M, by the way. Don't mess it up. You're not doing it. Okay, I see a few back there. Let's get our phones out. Let's serve. So what this is going to do is... Come on, I'll get out of the way. What this is going to do is it's going to pop up a web page. You're going to fill out like a simple few questions. It's not like your blood test and like, what's your political affiliation? None of that malarkey. It's just... Where might you serve? And some of you are going to look at that and you're going to go, I don't know. I don't know. And so what do we have following the expedition? Show up. They'll get more food or we'll just hand out little bags of Cheez-Its. Don't worry. Now, do we have the other slide? The giving slide? If you don't, just pull it from earlier. Yeah. Yeah. What is that little middle thing, by the way? It doesn't matter. I think it's the roof. Some of you, this makes you uncomfortable. That's cool. I can wait until you get more comfortable. Because I'm just telling you, there's some of you that you've not given anything you tip your Uber driver or your shipped or your whatever it is way more than you even do here. I didn't get a chance to say this at my church because I was a pastor and you got to be nice to people and all that. But the most discouraging time of year was when I had to make sure all the, or our team, but sometimes me and we were part of it, just to make sure like all the giving things lined up with the addresses or whatever and you'd be like stuffing them in an envelope and you'd be like, no wonder you have money problems. My 12-year-old son gives more in tithe than you do. So I can't, you can't say that. And I couldn't say that before. I'm not trying to be rude. I felt the wind deflate out of the room. I'm not mad at you. I don't get paid here. I'm not getting paid to be up here. It's not about money. Eric doesn't get paid, so he can just ask you for whatever. He's like, I don't care. You give or no, it's it's Brandon and the other guys that do. But they don't get paid much. They get to live somewhere, which is cool. Do you hear what I'm saying, though? Why? Because we need your money. No. We got a God that gives manna. I don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. But they do. They do. And the how many thousands of people that are going to be acting like crazy people running in front of this place do next week. So if you haven't given, that's how to do it. If you feel manipulated right now, you've not heard my heart. That's not my intent. That just might be the Holy Spirit stirring you because God can't bless what's hoarded. I'm gonna pray for you. And Eric's gonna come. assess what do you have? Some of you go, I don't have a lot of time to give. That's cool. You know what? I bet your marketing skills, I bet your HR skills, I bet your business acumen In 15, 30 minutes, with with this team's time, would do more multiplication than you could ever dream. I don't have much. That's cool. God doesn't need much. Will you give so the Lord can bless? And will you take what the Lord has blessed and serve this city? Jesus, right now, as everybody stands up, just everybody stand up. Let's get the blood flowing. Extend your hands. Because the miracle's in the hands. Lord, I pray right now that you would be the miracle worker through these hands. That you would take what little we have. That you would bless it in incredible ways. That this church would not just be a church that is known for what it's been. But it would be a church that is known for who you are today. Lord, I pray that politicians would walk through these doors. And be transformed. I pray that when the community comes and uses this building for whatever it is, whether it be Alpha or dance studio or feeding program or voting, Lord, that they would experience the Holy Spirit in a profound and powerful and life-changing way. Lord, I pray that this church would always struggle with its, how do we do the mission you've called us to? but knowing and trusting that you have given everything it needs to do it. Lord, I pray that the people in this church would jump on board, would give, would go, would do, would, would see the value of what they do. And Lord, I pray that every baptism, we would see it as a house baptism, as a family, as a, as a we all got to be a part. Lord, we, we thank you. This is beginning to thank the Lord that we get to be part of the miracles he does. Thank you that you use silly people like me. Thank you that you use my gifts and talents, the things that I don't even value, you value. Thank you that when shared with others and combined with others, it makes a difference. Lord, thank you. Now bless these people, this church, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: To help you apply the truth found in Scripture, we always like to ask three questions. What did you learn about God? What did you learn about yourself? How are you going to apply what the Holy Spirit is speaking through scripture to your life? We hope that helps bring clarity for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life in the Valley, the podcast of the people of Summit Church. Join us in person sometime as we gather as a church on Summit Avenue, or join us here at our podcast again, or virtually at our online encounter each week. Before you go, though, Pastor Eric is going to give you a special invitation and share just part of his heart for you, the culture, and a little bit about the people of Summit Church.
1: Hi, Pastor Eric Samuel, Tim here. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Let me first say, our city of St. Paul is absolutely amazing. I encourage you to explore all the history it has to offer. And you need to know this, Summit Church has been a part of that history, along with so many amazing churches speaking specifically about the people of Summit, well, we've been gathering here since about 1932. And my hope that this would not just be a rich history, but it would be our forward legacy. History is a thing of the past, but legacy makes way for the future. So where are we going? That's a good question. Our vision is simple, to see all people of St. Paul and beyond living as disciples of Christ, people full of hope, fully known, and actively loving one another, living a spirit-led life. Our mission is also simple, to provide rhythm, location, and opportunity where you can have a life-changing experience with God. Journey within the diversity to do these three things, become disciples of Jesus, to deliver hope, and to champion this city. That is where we are going. That is what we're doing. So where are you going? Maybe that's a good question for you. What are your next steps? I would encourage you to join one of our monthly expeditions. The expedition is a simple experience where you can find out more about who you are in Christ, who Summit Church is, what do we do around here, and how you can play a part. It's less than a two-hour commitment for your whole month. We also feed you some amazing food and even provide childcare. So the question is, where will we go? Maybe we're on a journey following Jesus together. And I got a hunch we just might not be us without you. We'll see you at the summit where we prepare for life in the valley.